0: Episode 105 of Outlander Cast is brought to you by Piper Pearls Etsy Shop. Please visit www.etsy.com slash shop slash Pearls and use the coupon code PODCAST10 for 10% off your next purchase. An empty ship runs faster. you will catch the port person. And then what? I don't can yet get to that matter when we catch them.
1: No. I love her too, my lord, but what good are you, you damn fool? I see I was right to withhold my blessing from you. Prove you that again what love this. You do not mean that, my lord. How can you say that because of your you would move heaven and earth. You would risk arrest and death. Even hell.
2: You he would do it as easily as a click of a pin.
0: It would set me free from the cell. Help me rescue the woman I love from our kidnappers. Until your risk all you can uh, speak of love. All the way from Cranston, Rhode Island, welcome to Outlander Cast. It's a podcast dedicated to the show Outlander on Stars. Hello, hello, Landercast. I'm your host, Mary Larson.
1: Outlander Landercast, you're talking about you're talking I'm to talking the podcast. I am talking to our
0: clan. I am talking to our listeners. I'm just saying hello. Listen to those waves.
1: The waves are you see, I like I kept the waves in. I kept them in because it, it, it's it's the feel.
0: It is the feel, and I'm digging it. I wanna be by a beach. It's getting a little cold here <laughs> in Rhode Island.
1: Well, my name is Blake. Yeah. And I told you that the creme de menthe would come back. I told you it would come back, but nobody wanted to listen to me. No, nobody I was wanted to listen to me. I was no, listening. No, no, no. Oh, Blake, that doesn't make sense. Oh, Blake, that's stupid. Blake, that's so
0: interesting. I don't say stupid. I don't say make sense. I just say that's oh, interesting. I didn't say
1: you necessarily, but I meant the royal oh, the royal okay. you. All you right. know, everybody else.
0: So, let's talk about this episode. Let's talk about this kilt reading for this episode. Yes. What was
1: yours? Mine I, you know, again, I've gone back and forth. These these number of episodes that both Claire and Jamie have been reunited, mm-hmm. I've kind of struggled with. Although I I loved A M. Malcolm, we we all know that, but I've struggled with their journey so far. Um, you know what's good, what's bad, how things are coming and going. I would give this one a four and a half. Okay. Uh, you know, I I really enjoyed it. It was a good episode. A lot of good character work. It was actually quite fun to watch. Uh, albeit a little depressing at times, but it was I liked it. It, it was mm-hmm. great. It gave me a good emotional range. Something that I think that the show so far in the journey has kind of lacked, except okay. for A. Malcolm. But that said, it it did feel familiar. It did feel a little tired for me. It felt like it 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 like like uh the last episode. It felt like the prototypical like mid-season episode. Like it's just, we're, we're in one spot and, uh, and then we, we have some things to do, but we haven't yet gotten to the good stuff.
0: But still fantastic. Cause you gave it a 4.5. Well, I gave it a five.
1: Oh, okay.
0: I gave it a five. I felt all the feels. I felt all the feels except the sex feels, but I kind of felt the sexual tension feels. If you know what I'm saying, <laughs> I didn't know what Marcela was gonna do. Okay. Um, I ended. I, I was like, Whoa, "Oh, oh, is this what the adult?" warning was. Oh, no. What was it for then? Um, so no, I got all the feels. I got tears. I got nervous. I got squeamish. I had everything. And the music. Bear hit it out of the park in this episode.
1: Hashtag Bear Flare.
0: Oh, the costumes in this episode were so dirty and I loved it. (laughs) So a big old five. Let's talk about our G-
1: What's your GPG then?
0: Oh, okay. So, my good Claire's potty mouth. (laughs) Her potty mouth. I was just so down with it. I was like, yeah, girl. Yeah, you keep swearing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Give them some more. Just keep, yep, make it a multi swear sentence. Thank you very much. I am not a gentlewoman. (laughs) (laughs) I want to say that. I want to say that every day of my life. Like, she just, she just spouts it out and mm-hmm. some days I have, I'm like that and she does not feel bad. She doesn't say, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. Well, she did this episode for his little, his precious little ears, but like she normally doesn't. She doesn't care. Loved it. So mm-hmm. good is a straight up potty mouth. Okay. The bad, however, was the Jesus H. Roosevelt Christ. Really? Yes. Why? Uh, you know, I- You didn't... just told,
1: you got done telling me that the potty mouth was great.
0: Yep. I'll take a whole bunch of F-bombs and all sorts of things. But and...
1: why is this no good?
0: Um okay so I know it's quintessentially her it mm-hmm. was a lot easier for me to read than it has been for me to see
1: I would it's very awkward to say
0: like it's not like she's just like shit yeah, you know, like if Claire's magic word was shit, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like she's about to jump into the ocean from this big, high boat, and she just, Jesus, Roosevelt Christ, like how do you even have that much breath? You're you're supposed to be holding your breath, Claire. Take a deep breath. Don't spill it all out <laughs> in that long four word phrase. Okay,
1: it doesn't flow naturally. That's
0: it. it. It flowed easier for me as a book reader than it does for me to see it, especially like in this situation. I just kind of went like, I know they need to need her to say it. I know, I know, I know but it was just a little weird. And then my great, oh, okay. Glasses, hello. I'm so glad you're still here with me. All the Zappos glasses. Pictures of Brie, pictures of Claire with Brie. Oh, geez Louise, give me it all. And then the cray cray Jamie. Crazy Jamie that I wasn't <laughs> expecting, but I'm like, you know what, Jamie, I'm a tourist, and I'd be so on that same boat mm-hmm. with you. I would be doing the same thing. I'd be like, Fergus, Let's do this. We're going to take over the world and then we're going to fly to the moon because Claire told me people fly around the moon. We're going to do this, (laughs) Fergus. We're going to go so crazy. And I wasn't expecting this for Jamie, Mm -hmm. but I liked it. I liked it and I know a lot of people don't like it but I loved it so much that it was my great because that's what I would do
1: yeah, I agree with you my darling wouldn't I be crazy you'd be You'd be more than crazy you'd be like you You would be on the moon
0: I would actually I would have pretended to be dead so they'd take me out <laughs> I would have done all the plot points I would have been like first Fergus tries to steal the keys then I'm gonna pretend to be dead like uh, gosh what's our favorite movie The Count of Monte Cristo that we bonded over when we were younger yes I know yeah I would pretend to be dead I can't, all believe, you didn't,
1: I can't believe you did Bring up the one reference I thought you would bring up by pretending to be dead. What? Harry freaking Potter. Oh well, coming, yes. Coming I just watched of, that out, last out of Hagrid's night. arms. I just You're watched a wizard it. Harry. How do you not bring that up? Well, come on. Well, oh, it's okay. I mean, I appreciate the Count of Monte Cristo reference. Because he
0: was in jail. Okay, so yes, my great was just the crazy Jamie. But prior to that, the glasses and the looking and longing at Brie and Claire just. Wonderful. How about you? What is your good, bad, and great?
1: Let me say first, I really do agree with you about Jamie uh with Fergus, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it's like it's unexpected, and that is awesome because he has to, he has to have an arc, and and, I, and I'll get into this later. But you, my love, I think you and I are on the same exact page. Tell me as it relates to Jamie. We'll we'll get into that. Okay. Um, but my because it's a it's a big long thing that I want to get into. But um, my good was the editing the editing with Elias Pound dying uh in right in front of Claire and everything and then cutting straight oh. to him going in into no, the straight water to
0: the sewing they went straight to the sewing oh I'm sorry
1: from the from the sewing and then straight to the water
0: what happens if you accidentally hit bone how do you know you're getting cartilage
1: i i don't know i don't oh, know but I, I would have messed that up i <laughs> thought that was just Mm-hmm. Freaking awesome! Mm-hmm. Um, because they had already established the process earlier in the episode, and they're they're building on those visual cues, in my opinion. Uh, and once you build, that's again we've said this before. When you start building on things that you've already established, that's when you know you've got some good writing on your hands. Um, and and the bad, oh, listen. I love Outlander. I truly do.
0: I know you do. We podcast about it. I, I know. know
1: you do. But you know, I've I've often said Outlander is many things, but subtle it is not. Um, <laughs> and Outlander has many virtues, but not using coincidence in outside sources is not one of those good virtues. I. I Oh, my goodness gracious. The ultimate coincidence of Tompkins recognizing Jamie for, as a Malcolm, even though he was on a boat watching the captain... like.
0: No, he went on to help him board, and he saw him.
1: I I know. I just I think that that coincidence there is, and it, it, it just so happens that they happen to take on extra people from this other boat, and it just happens to be Tompkins, who just happens to be the person who happened to burn down the print shop. Like, whoa. Okay. Okay. I can get on like board with that. Wow. I and, and then never mind the uh, Annika and her goats and her.
0: Don't mess with her. Don't mess with In her. And her Please
1: existing for the sole reason. Stop. L- let me just finish. Let me just finish. Oh. Annika just existing for the sole reason just to get Claire off that boat.
0: I've got such a good dialogue about. Um, I Anika I just those those
1: two things. Uh, oh man, that those coincidences galore, and uh, Outlander has done this quite a bit, yeah. and and it's well, I'm not gonna. I, it's just a What's sign. It's just a sign of like. They're they're writing themselves into a corner, and they don't know how to get out.
0: But you know how that happens to some people. they they're like, really, really, out of all the boats, out of all the places in the world. This guy ends up on this boat. With That's what me. I'm saying. It like,
1: happens in real life, though. Yes, I know. But th- this often, as it does an outlander for many things.
0: Like, otherwise, it wouldn't be a fun story. So just accept <laughs> it and move on. What's your great?
1: The great. And this was actually quite great. Um, it's it's a tie, as a matter of fact. I've often had ties for goods or bads. But the tie for the great first was the lighting of Claire talking to Tompkins in his cell after she puts him in. Very stylized. Mm. Just, and the light coming in on right her on eye. Half, eye half of her face is black half of her face is is white you know obviously giving that visual cue of there being moral ambiguity here she's locking this guy into this cell it's not for the right purposes she is delving into darkness that she does doesn't necessarily delve into and having half of her face be covered by that is just a mm-hmm. plus quality stuff um the other thing that I thought was, Fan freaking tastic was everything involving the rabbit's foot. Everything. I mean, this rabbit's foot works on so many levels. Uh, the Mister Pound Elias gives her this. Um, gives her this rabbit's foot. It's because she represents to him something that is like her mother, uh, his mother. Something that he does not have. Mm-hmm. She is looking at him like a son, something that she does not have. She does not have a child right now. Her child is back in the 1900s or whatever it is, back to the future. But more importantly, we are establishing and reestablishing the connection that Claire has to to Brie through the bunny thing. I mean, going back from Culloden, going through the crib when she puts the bunny in the crib, then then to her talking about uh, the bunny uh, Mm -hmm. in the last episode. Now this... It's just establishing this maternal relationship, not through the lens of Bree, but getting it through to to Mr. Pound over here, mm-hmm. and then it's then even made even better by the fact that she talks about compartmentalizing her work from her in her brain. Yes, and she says, but you know, and then she says, but Mr. Quigley wasn't my friend, so she doesn't have to cry. She doesn't have to get emotionally attached. Yet here she is unable to compartmentalize mm-hmm. when when mr pound dies oh. it all comes back to this foot rabbit's foot and oh my goodness freaking gracious just loved all of that all, all, all of the feels all of the copays, everything loved it what do we got from the listeners my darling
0: all right carol bryant said this was the first outlander episode that made me cry. I'm a longtime critical care RN and have worked routinely with death. I block those feelings of sadness very well. But this episode, when Claire wanted to hug the 14-year-old boy officer at the loss of his friend, but couldn't because he was an officer, that brought me to tears. And then when Elias died himself, I cried along with Claire the writers and actors nailed it this time. 50 k- kilts, says 50 kilts. Carol.
1: Oh, my good. Cindy Reeves says 4.9 kilts because nothing is perfect. But this is oh so very close. The good was the lighting, the set designs, the costuming, the directing, and the writing. The production was beautiful. The lighting, even below the decks, gave the show a surreal effect. There was the blue moonlight and the dreamy filtered light from the sun, I was almost swaying and feeling seasick like poor Jamie because these ship's scenes were so realistic. I loved Claire's ponytail and the casual look with a mm-hmm. scarf on her head and the wrinkles in her once starches white shirt. She looked beautiful yet proficient in her doctor mode. By including the rabbit's foot, the writers continued the rabbit motif and enhanced the superstition storyline. The bad, however, did Jamie have to vomit again? Yes. Guess he had to, but yuck. Wasn't Mr. Willoughby's allowed to come down below to give Jamie an acupuncture treatment? Everyone seemed to be able to visit. But the more bad, I can't stand that man with the white outed eye. (laughs) I agree with you. (laughs) But every story has to have a a protagonist, or I think she means antagonist, or two. And he is a good, albeit a creepy one. Also, I kept waiting for Lord John Gray to appear, but the story was fine without that element from the book. Great the scenes with Elias and Claire I knew he was a goner when he licked the grog from his fingers Right. his death was so sad but the tender way Claire treated him was great storytelling of course I love any scene with Sam despite criticism that our book Sam wouldn't have bribed Fergus to let him out at the start the mutiny I rather liked that scene me too it just showed how desperate he was to be reunited with Claire and I loved the scene where Claire mentioned she has been on the porpoise for a day or so and she said surely no more than 50 miles separated me from Jamie yet it felt nearly as uh, as far as 200 years and the greatest scene was when she jumped overboard in hopes that ended the separation mm-hmm. I'd jump too Lassie to be in the arms of the king of men again yes. would be worth the risk of drowning
0: monique durda morton said overall i loved this episode but can only go with a four kilt rating the good for me it was claire's rant swear fest so in keeping with her personality just to blurt out whatever comes to mind and then her sheepish apology for abusing young Eliza's ears just adorable the bad monique hated that jamie held his blessing over Fergus's head that is something Jamie would not do and I get that he's desperate but that was beyond the pale a minor second bad was the stage plot when Claire tries to escape the first time and then ta-da the Captain Roy's right there saying nope you're not going anywhere and oh by the way so sorry I have to report your husband (laughs) the great I loved 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 the relationship between Claire and Elias Pound the the scene where he calls out mother as he's weak and dying And Claire's wonderful response, it's time to come home. Gah, broke my heart.
1: Well, this episode was entitled Heaven and Earth, Mm -hmm. and I actually quite like the title of this episode. Me too. I understand Jamie's trouble that he's having uh, trying to figure out what best to do to rescue Claire, and I too would move Heaven and Earth to find my beautiful bride sitting across the way from me. Uh, This episode was written by new writer Luke Skellis. Skelhos, sorry, it's Luke Skelhos. His credits for writing uh, actually have been some pretty good epi- uh, some pretty good television shows, uh, including The Good Wife. If you ever watch that show, please do. It's a fantastic show. Uh, Smallville, also a fantastic show about Superman. And Superman, here's a professional tease for you. Ready for this? Yes. Superman will play a role in this podcast episode. I'm just I'm just gonna show Bring that. Bring it on. I'm just gonna say it. Bring it, it on, right baby. He also wrote for Law and Order and Touched by an Angel. <laughs> yes. He also has yes. he has one more episode of Outlander this year called The Bakra. So we'll see what that's about. I I see Mm -hmm. you trying to look away from me, which I appreciate. It's an interesting. It's an interesting. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Uh, But he is writing that episode as well. It was directed by David Moore, who was the director of the last episode. If you'd like to hear all the other properties that he has directed, please go back to the other, the the last episode's Uh podcast. And the DP, of course, was Michael Swan. And I will admit, it pains me to say this. Okay. Because he's not Steve McNutt, but he's doing a fantastic job such a good job he's doing a, a an admirable such a good job. job uh with his his duties so far for as the d p for outlander um fantastic actually um i i just i'm 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 all about the michael Swan life right now all about that <laughs> all about that <laughs> Uh, can we talk about the cold open, my darling? Yes. What did you? I, I want to get your opinion first. What was your opinion of the cold open? I'm um,
0: loving it. I I kind
1: of liked it too. But you know, but it continue. is. It's, it's
0: so weird because I go into each episode and I'm feeling the song and I'm feeling Raya singing and I'm like, all right, what's the title card? Where's 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 the title? What? Oh, oh okay, we're on a boat.
1: Here we go. <laughs> I loved is- it. Yes, I loved it. I thought it was great. I thought it was great because it was. And again, this is when you you talk about visual vocabulary, and, and I and I realize I'm going to say that a lot this episode, so be prepared for it. But when you have visual vocabulary for a show,
0: I just started to sing the Lion King. Be prepared in my song, or my head. <laughs> be prepared.
1: <laughs> okay, when okay. you have something that you've built upon. And you've already established it in prior episodes or seasons. Yeah. Um, meaning this season we've already seen a cold open and it was for a Malcolm. And from whose perspective was it in the cold open? It was Jamie's. And again, we have another cold open in Jamie's perspective, mm-hmm. seeing the previous minute or two yep. uh, from the previous episode of the fi- the final minute. So good. Uh, and again, you're you're building on that visual vocabulary because you don't there. get
0: it in the book. So for book readers, both of those little insights into the flipped universe—you know, the, flip, right. the different eyes—it's such a treat. And it's what you wonder in the previous episode. It's exactly what you're wondering: like, what is Jv doing right now? Right. This it, is what it,
1: it's kind doing. of like that thing with um, uh, with uh, what the hell is it called? Oh, uh, with with Twilight. Say it. Out loud. Remember when uh, there? T- it's it's all the the books. Twilight are in are in uh, Bella's perspective, but what's her name there? The the writer. I can't remember her damn name now. It's gonna bother me. Um, she she wrote it. That scene when Bella meets Edward uh, for the first time. Yes,
0: and he smells her. I know what you're talking
1: about. And you're you're right. You're reading his perspective. And she yes. wrote. It was called Midnight Sun. <laughs> <laughs> Why I know that, but not. <laughs>
0: do you know that
1: I, i'm gonna have to look oh my
0: I'm, god anyway but nonetheless seeing this from the males stephanie perspective, meyer there you go there you go seeing it from a perspective that book readers didn't get the the privilege of seeing um and also just as a show watcher it's really exciting to see what goes on loved it i loved him chatting with fergus i loved fergus getting the little potpourri and you're kind of sitting there going they're too happy
1: What's right. going on? something ain't right here yeah because because you you have that visual you have that that not visual, but you have that cue from back prior to mm-hmm. of Claire leaving. You're like, "Hey, this ain't right," and then you realize that it's it's just because you see you see the establishing shots of yep. the ships and the and they're both still together and the 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 sails of the porpoise ain't down. You're like, mm-hmm. "Wait, what? What? What are we talking about?" And then you realize. That it's that it's a, that's old, yeah. somewhat like a flashback almost. Correct. Uh, loved it. And I loved Jamie's reaction. I mm-hmm. thought the reaction was was well acted, well yes. written. Yes. And it, it, it made sense to me. Um, the other thing that I really liked too was that all of his men drew knives, even though they brought mm-hmm. knives to a gunfight. Uh, I, that's okay. Those uh, knives were serious. Everybody was serious. It felt natural. It felt like an, a natural reaction of Jamie going against the captain. And I remember thinking what the hell? I thought they sent a message over. Like, how do they not know about this? Mm -hmm. But then you realize that the captain is only giving the information that he needs to give out as necessary. So I thought this cold open was a wild success. Yeah. And um, I thought, I thought it was great.
0: You know what I loved? What's that? Seeing Claire, the doctor. I yeah. really loved that in this episode, and that's why I remember I've been saying like, oh, "We're seeing a lot of gross stuff, but it's important for us to know this about Claire." I've been saying this over these previous episodes when it's just been gross and more gross and more surgery and gross. But we needed to understand this about Claire that girlfriend knows what she's doing. Mm-hmm. She can also command a room of very talented other doctors and, mm-hmm. and nurses, and here she is commanding a fleet. Sure. Think about it. So many of those gentlemen, those officers, those naval officers are sick and she is able to boss around these people. Mm-hmm. In boss around is not the right word, but order them around to make sure that, Yet yeah, we're going to need this alcohol. We're going to need everything cleaned. It smells like poop. Well, too bad it's vomit. Like <laughs> all these little things. And she just says it with such a straight face. And I loved when we did get the voiceover mm-hmm. and she said it was only a day.
1: That's good. I like that. Because that's information that you wouldn't, nec- you wouldn't necessarily have that information. Her
0: outfit was changed. She looked all hot and sweaty and disgusting already. And you're like, oh, man, she's been on this boat for weeks. That was just one day. That, that was the great. weight mm-hmm. of how many people are sick, how much work she has ahead of her, and how, you know, she's talking about how it felt like there were already 200 years between she and Jamie. Mm-hmm. And you're like, this is only the beginning. And there's a lot of sick guys down there. But I just loved seeing Claire as the doctor.
1: And I know a lot of people hate the voiceovers. And trust me, I, I get it. I know I said a long time ago that I'm, I'm all in on the voiceovers. I, I, I did say that. But I do understand why people hate the voiceovers. Because they're not telling you anything that you wouldn't necessarily know. But in this episode, I feel like it was used to perfection because Correct. every all the visual cues that you were getting from the show itself were saying, mm-hmm. wow, there's change here. Look at her, look at her, look at the men, look at um, her outfit, the sweat, all the work, everything that seems yes. to be going on into it. You're like, wow, she's been here. She's been working her ass off and it's been a while. And then you realize it's been a day.
0: Speaking of the outfit, gotta give some major props to Terry, oh yes, seeing the transition of the bat suit
1: <laughs> to
0: becoming, like you know, a swimsuit from the bat suit to a swimsuit for a lack of having a swimsuit in that day and age, and just <laughs> jumping into the water. I loved seeing it morph. I loved seeing it get dirty. Mm-hmm. I loved how she could just roll it up and really seeing those layers come off and yet still be such a functioning outfit. Right,
1: and and I think a uh, uh, an undervalued piece of that costume is Claire's just simple ponytail her hair yeah her hair it's just something that you haven't seen from her necessarily mm-hmm. I mean you've seen her with her hair beautiful you've seen crazy hair Claire that we've you've already talked about
0: bun headband Claire that was a large we, we've part seen, of this episode
1: we've seen Darth Vader hair yeah, uh, or, or Lord Helmet hair <laughs> from with the, Space Grace yes. with the gray streak we've seen all of it but I, I like seeing this just simple ponytail it, it just yeah. felt like a woman at work who was not screwing around like, don't mess with me. I got my hair back and we're, we're going to town here. Mm-hmm. But I feel like what, what worked and what made Claire's time on the porpoise so um, important and special yeah. was the relationship with Elias Pound. Uh, and you needed that you needed that connection because if Claire is just saving a bunch of random dudes yes it don't it doesn't matter doesn't. Well, what do you care correct so you need a connection to that ship because when the way if you look at it the british have come in and they started firing cannonballs at the artemis mm-hmm. and then they said we need a surgeon they take claire against her will yep. and you're looking at these guys kind of like they're villains because screw you you just separated our title couple we've spent 200 years now away from, away from each other or 20 years whatever it is and we're finally back and now you're taking them away again what are we doing but you need that connection and even the captain the captain wasn't a bad dude the captain was a guy who just needed to save his men and he was following the letter of the law yep. and I can appreciate that it, it's not it, it doesn't bode well for our characters mm-hmm. um, and it's a little convenient for the plot but it makes sense. And, but th- Elias Pound is what makes that connection and makes Claire's time were and our time more specifically yes. worth.
0: Oh my gosh. He made this episode that love, that mm-hmm. connection, that personalization to have a face for those hundreds of soldiers who were sick and died. Sure. Those hundreds of naval officers, I should say, who right. were sick and died. Um, you know, it made it personal. And I just love that we got to see Dr. Claire here. I loved it. the character, just the characters in this episode. We, we got to know Fergus and Marsali so much more. Mm-hmm. We got to see their love, their deepness, their passion. We got to see what Fergus would do, not only for Marsley, but the other member of his family, Jamie mm-hmm. and Claire. Yep. We, gosh, even Annika, I loved her. Can, can I just take a moment? <laughs> can I take a moment to, to yes. totally geek out about Annika? Go right ahead. Annika reminded me of the many women, the many girls, who I became best friends with immediately at summer camp. Those one week voyages where you go on summer camp and you were bunk mates and you suddenly realize you both want Lucky Charms at the camp breakfast and you don't usually get to get it because your mom doesn't let you eat sugary cereal and you're like... (gasps) Are we best friends? Are we best friends? What is going on? And then you bond and you make friendship bracelets and she's got your back and you tell each other the deepest secrets that you wouldn't even tell your friends at home because you're like, this girl's a camp. She can't tell anyone my secrets. And she's like, I get you. I get you. And I'm going to write you letters because you are my best friend and I will do anything for you. And I'm going to save your life because I get it.
1: (laughs) Did you have many instances where your life needed to be saved at Bible camp?
0: This wasn't even Bible camp.
1: Okay. Oh, wow. okay. Well, because Bible camp is a whole nother. Bible
0: camp's a whole different thing. <laughs> and it was Bible snow camp.
1: Bible snow camp? Get it straight. Oh, that's even worse because you can't even go outside. No. You're just what? stuck with each other.
0: No, you go outside and you go snow tubing. Oh, whatevs. Thank you. Anyway, I digress. But nonetheless, this is how I felt about her. Mm -hmm. So any of you who went to summer camps religiously, and I don't mean religious summer camps, I just meant that you went frequently to summer camp and you got those passionate amazing girlfriends who you were like, yes! You're gonna be my soulmate friend for life! And then, you know, you don't see each other ever again. But you were like, I would do anything! And you might have been blood sisters, or you might have done anything for them, like throw them off a boat, and been like, I know, girl. I have a husband. I have a husband too, and he is." You're one and only and I'm gonna tell you how to do this and I'm gonna force it and I'm gonna create situations and I'm gonna make you afloat. And I'm gonna feed my goats grass. I can't even speak your language. But I've got you, camp, best friend. I've got
1: you. <laughs> Did you really do the blood sister thing? Did you like mix no, blood together? No, but you want to know
0: what I did? What I did do something where it was like one of those chain things. Like you send something, you send five people something, and then they're gonna send in, and then you get like thirty things. But it was underwear. And it was really kind of weird. That's Isn't weird.
1: It? What are you sending underwear in the mail for? What the hell is You're that? So-
0: so between my foot fetish person and then this underwear
1: girl from summer camp which I never get how have I never heard this story you getting like random <laughs> girls are weird man
0: yeah so like there's these what things would, where what like- would it
1: be like if a bunch of dudes <laughs> sent each other underwear <laughs>
0: it's this thing where they do it, whether it's books like frequently it's books it's like you send a book to five people and then those five people will tell five people to send books and then before you know it you get 30 books in the mail yeah but
1: books make sense <laughs> not underwear
0: <laughs> I was 13
1: <laughs> I was 13 that's even worse oh
0: <laughs> it was not used oh. it's brand new oh but still it didn't even work nobody
1: sent me any <laughs> <laughs> wait see he sends people underwear, and then he send it back.
0: <laughs> no, he it back. I was supposed to get three <laughs> new pairs of underwear. You don't even know what I'm talking about. Just pretend I'm saying books. Just pretend I'm saying books and no, undies. No, I, can't, I can't, can't unhear the underwear You don't understand now. the passion of camp best friends. So when I saw Apparently Annika not. and I saw her with her goats. <laughs> Did you want to send her underwear? <laughs> I was like, Annika would have sent Claire undies. She would have sent her brand new undies for sure. Oh she would have God. done a chain mail letter oh. with Claire. She would have done a blood sister thing. She would have done it all. And that's oh what I was God. getting at, Blake. Oh, oh, oh that's man! That's what I was getting at. I'm sorry. Oh my, oh I just. See, this is the problem with podcasting: is I tell secrets that I haven't even told my husband
1: yet. Oh, oh man!
0: I sent five strangers undies, <laughs> clean, new, <sighs> not mine, not worn. All right. Undies. Well, let, all
1: right, let's wrap. Th- let's get this back on track so here. Because... that's my
0: love for Annika. Let's talk about. Well, well,
1: let, let, let me just say one thing about Annika here, and and I like the fact that she was there to help Claire, and the motivation to help Claire makes sense. Claire. Came in and saved her husband from alcohol poisoning, which she thought was typhoid. Which I get, and it was great to tie that into the fact that Claire needed the alcohol, and it gets Claire mad. And like all, all these people are drinking the alcohol that I need. And blah blah blah. Like it, it all again, building on itself. It makes sense. Where the episode I feel like goes wrong with Annika is that. Yes, she does give Claire the idea. It does make sense to Claire eventually of getting off of the boat and onto the island to escape. But then it doubles down with Annika and it's like she's like this due ex machina where she's like, hey, guess what? I could also... Build you a raft, and here's some money, and here's some undies. And so she's I'm like, talking
0: about to camp best friend, I'll do and, anything and, and, and for you. To Meatloaf,
1: to, I would do. <laughs> to me, that just feels like, um, like when somebody. Uh, has written themselves into a corner it's lazy it, it's just lazy in my opinion and using Annika to get her off of this boat it just like yeah. I think that's a, a decision that I Claire disagree. has to make and finally Claire does make a decision I'm leaving I'm getting off of this boat to save Jamie even though it's it's not necessarily a decision that's based out of character it's more of a plot reaction because finally the 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 ship has is is on the way to start to get better. And she can, she can leave the ship without, with knowing that everything's going to be okay. I got Annika over here. She said she's going to feed the sick. And everything's going to be fine so I can leave. If Claire's going to leave, in my opinion, it would, be, it would have been more dramatic and better for Claire to take that trope and turn it on its head and say, I'm leaving even though these people are still sick. Mm-hmm. I'm leaving anyway because that's what best suits me. That is what best suits my relationship. If people were still sick and they were still vomiting and Claire still made that choice, she loses something a little bit, but she also gains something a little bit too. And it's a good.
0: What would she gain leaving sick people?
1: Uh, her husband. Her husband. I, th-
0: I think this was all the timing of knowing about her husband being in trouble and the captain saying, I'm still going to tell on your husband. I think that that's what it came down to. Well, that's what I'm saying. It wasn't just, I need to find my husband. Yeah.
1: That's what I'm saying. Okay. If Claire had made the choice to leave and then Annika said, I'll help you. And then mm-hmm. it fails, obviously. And the, and the guy says, I'm still going to tell. I'm sorry. And Claire says, I'm going to leave. I don't care. And then she does leave. But it, she, what I, what I'm getting at is... She makes the choice, but the choice, again, it's a plot reaction. It's just, it's easy for her because she knows that everybody else is starting to feel better. And the ship is on the way to get better.
0: Dr. Claire feels relieved.
1: Where, in my opinion, it would have been a better choice and would have been more dramatic if she left without having everybody starting to be okay.
0: But that's not Dr. Claire, and Dr. Claire is a huge part of who she is. But
1: here's the problem. The Dr. Claire is getting in the way with married Claire. And married Claire in my opinion is winning because Claire still decides to leave she still says i'm out of here yeah i just wish married claire took over a little bit sooner
0: there was no land in sight where would she go
1: uh, well no but i i but again it's a story so you you have the option to make the story whatever you want it to be you know what i mean
0: i'm over it <laughs>
1: Okay, I appreciate. At least you understand where I'm coming from. Though.
0: I don't understand it, and that's why I'm over it. Okay, I well, love I love you. That's what I do. I love
1: you. Yes, you do. How do
0: you feel about how Claire handled that that book, the book where it said Jamie Fraser is a Malcolm? Shit's going down.
1: Yeah, again, I, I have a hard time with the coincidence that this guy happens to know a Malcolm who I'm not just happened. About-
0: I'm asking how you feel about how Claire
1: handled it. Oh well, I I do love when the cook walked in and she's like, and you know, obviously she's on the defense here, and the cook is like, "I hate you, you suck, you're taking away my one guy." Again, building on the narrative. Yes, coincidence that it just happens to be the cook. Go, why the hell would a cook go get the captain's pipe? It doesn't make sense. But you know what? I'm willing. I'm willing to just go along.
0: He has clean hands.
1: But when Claire turns around. And this show, again, is many things, but one thing it is not—it is not conservative with sexual misconduct and rape. And the only thing I expected from this cook was to say, "Well, you better watch out, or else you know you're gonna, you know, we're we're gonna have a rape scene here." That's what it felt like to me. Like I was like, "Oh my god, not again!" But I loved it because the writer, Luke Skellis took the whole rape idea and let you think that it was gonna happen but then turned it around on its yes. head with Claire saying I will scream and I will tell the captain that you were trying to be inappropriate mm-hmm, with me mm-hmm. and he's gonna believe me a lot more because I actually have his trust even though you think you have the best interests in 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 mind I have his trust and you were gonna you're gonna have problems and I love taking that that one moment of like, hey you expect this but then you say nope guess what you're turning it on its head and saying it's actually this
0: upside down
1: and it's the same thing that that goes along with like that uh, the voiceover you think it's going to be this but it takes it and turns it's turns its head onto something else totally 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 loved that whole thing just loved it i
0: wish she had ripped out the page i wish she had burned the book yeah, because um, that's what I would do and that's what maybe I, Jamie would have done in the heat of his cray cray moment well, I would have been like what is this rip throw away well, I would of, have eaten the paper sp- I would have straight up eaten it <laughs>
1: <laughs> the, the cook comes in what are you doing nothing, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> just like bits of paper <laughs> <just> flying out <laughs> the, uh, speaking of cray cray Jamie now I did my professional tease earlier and I'm going to have to pay it off I do want to talk about Superman here because I did go see Justice League okay. recently and Justice League in the DC universe, it has a problem. It has a Superman problem because Superman is literally the most perfect man on ever written. Meh. And everything he does is just, he always has the right thing to say. He always does the right thing. He always... um. He, he just, he's just the perfect man. And that's not Superman's fault. That's just the way that he's written. He has all these superpowers. He's, in, he's invulnerable, uh, except for Doomsday, which is why I think you saw, you know, the reaction to, to man whatever. It, my point of this is Jamie in the world of Outlander is Superman. Jamie okay. always does the right thing. Jamie always says the right thing. Not Jamie always, Jamie, but Jamie, always close. Jamie went from a stable boy, somebody who worked with horses and was uh, just a nobody in the Mackenzie clan, to, to being Red Jamie and being the guy that everybody's seeking out and being this general. And he went from nothing to something very quick. And he always does the right thing, in my opinion, he always says the right thing. He can always touch your face and make you feel good and be like, it's okay, Sassanaki. You're supposed to be with me. And she like, oh my God, okay, of course. You know, Having him do what he did with Fergus is the absolute right move. It is the absolute right move because you have to have something wrong with Jamie. You have to have him do the wrong or at least say the wrong thing. Coming from a place of desperation, mm-hmm. people will do a lot of crazy things. And if Jamie just said, "Hey, go go talk to this guy and convince him," da, 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 it just there's no arc. No. There's there's nothing from which you can begin to understand Jamie.
0: Well, and speaking about arc, I like you think about the familial relationship that Fergus and Marceline and Jamie have, you know. Fergus is now a, a grown adult man, mm-hmm. and he's come to Jamie always, my lord, my lord. You know, like constantly, yeah. and you know when you know when your dad is no longer Superman. Mm-hmm. You know that first time when you're like, you see them cry, or you see them mess up, yep. or they did math wrong, or they lost their cool, or they did something and they were like, "No, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right," and then they were wrong. And they're no longer Superman in your eyes. right? And that's it. This is that moment. And I loved it because it humanized Jamie, because it actually brought this father-son relationship to a whole different adult mutual respect Mm -hmm. relationship that I loved.
1: Right. And it gave us a reason to invest ourselves into Marsley and and Fergus, uh, which, by the way, I'm now... um, <laughs> I'm now deeming Margus. Uh-huh. Ooh, nice. <laughs> I- I'm deeming them Margus. Uh, it gives Margus. Uh M-A-R-G-U-S. Yes. I'm giving them I'm um, I'm giving them this moniker because I need to. Yes. Um, but it finally gives you a reason to invest yourself in them because you can see the struggle that that Fergus actually has. Does he listen to Jamie or does he not does he does he make a choice? His choice is either I listen to Jamie and do this. And I lose mm-hmm. Marsali, mm-hmm. or I listen to Marsali, and I uh, and I disappoint Jamie. Yep. He actually has a choice that he has to make. Look at both of both of them are viable. Yep. Both of them make sense. Yep. But one makes you lose something, and that is why this is work. This that is why this works because he has to do something, mm-hmm. and that's why people are responding to it because the drama is there. Uh huh. And I I love the fact that we actually got a chance to spend some time with Marcelli, and seeing her like w- w- um, clean his wooden hand. Oh yes. And his little stubby arm. Right, and talking about it, and seeing a stubby arm. It's something that you know, the, the visual, the visual vocabulary again mm-hmm. is she loves him, she sees his arm, she doesn't care, she yeah. cleans it for him. It's something that's very personal. Uh, She puts it on his arm. She talks to him about Jamie. She even says to Jamie, if you think he did this for me, you're crazy. Uh All of it makes sense. And for Jamie to begin saying, I knew I I was right in not giving you my blessing. And then ending with him saying, you have my blessing. It's okay. That is an arc. And it all happens in one episode because Fergus has to make a choice. And that's why it worked so well. I have to tell you, everything on the Artemis, in my opinion, was far superior than 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 what happened on the Porpoise. I what? I the, all of the character work and the only thing. And I I do I do love I love the um, the Elias Pound and and, yeah, and Claire stuff. I do
0: agree. Yeah, I no. really
1: do love it. But I feel like I learned more and I got more from the characters. I'm going to spend time with yes in on the Artemis and that's why I I was looking more forward to what was happening on the Artemis than I was Mm. on on the I enjoyed
0: both boats equally I enjoyed both boats and even though Elias had to pass away yep I loved him right so I enjoyed both both storylines both characters and on that note my friends we're gonna take a quick break We wanted to remind you that this episode of Outlander Cast is brought to you by Piper Pearls Etsy Shop. Please visit www.etsy.com slash shop slash Piper Pearls and use the coupon code podcast10 for 10% off your next purchase. Now guys, we all know there is nothing and I mean nothing like knit porn and my favorite piece of knit porn. It's Claire's Sassanach cow, or the Infinity scarf, and Rachel, the owner, does this absolutely beautifully. This is an exact replica of that chunky Infinity scarf. Do you, you guys know which one I'm talking about? Right, the one that Claire wore during season one. You actually have one. I do, and I love it. And it's <laughs> pretty much a product of trial and error and repeated outlander viewing. So every scarf, every single one is hand knit from a beautiful soft wool acrylic blend. It is available in the classic brown as seen on the show as well as a handful of other vibrant colors. So Rachel loves doing custom orders. She can accommodate different sizes, different color requests and even wool allergies. She'll do anything to make a scarf that you will love as much as Claire loves Jamie. So
1: oh, I don't know about that. I don't that's, know why that's I did, but, close.
0: but listen, I love my cow. I love my cow. <laughs> so remember, please visit etsy.com slash shop slash Piper Pearls and use the coupon code podcast10 for 10% off your next purchase. And Piper
1: Pearls, Pearls is with a U. Piper Pearls, P-U-R-L-S, Piper Pearls. Like the knitting pearl. And podcast10, 10, 10 is the number 10. You know I, I, I know, I know we did have this little bit here back and forth between the the Artemis and the Porpoise. I think they're both great. Yeah. E- equally. I mean, well, the only thing that puts me back on the Porpoise is the fact that we have this thing with Annika. I, I, I just thought that was tough for me. And I also thought that the, the, the stuff with Tompkins was a little tough for me. Although, ooh, goodness gracious. What? That moment... When she's like, "You're going to tell me everything I need to know about my husband," uh, and you see her holding the the surgical equipment, oh my gosh! And you like, see her just thinking about it.
0: They're like, "I'm going to chop your leg off."
1: Like, oh, and and he's like, "Oh, just do it, kill me, whatever." And but then he like he just tells the story no matter what. <laughs> um, but that moment was excellent. It, it truly was. It, it was excellent because you saw you saw Jamie, um, freaking out yep. and being like. I need my wife. Let just keep her within eye distance. And the captain saying, "No, nah, no, nah, we're gonna do whatever the hell we want to do." Put him in the break, and he goes in the break. Whatever. But you see him being like, "Cray, cray," and you wonder if Claire feels the same way. And you see her looking at the at the knife, and this is healing Claire. This is Doctor Claire. Mm-hmm. I don't hurt people. I save people. <laughs> and here she is looking at a knife, being yes. like, "I'm literally going to cut your face off." Yes, I'm going to go full Hannibal Lecter on you. I'm going to wear it unless you tell me. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna wear your face unless you tell me exactly what I need to know about my husband and why he is the way that he is. That was excellent because it's taking that notion of Claire that we all have and again turning it on its head. And uh, Luke Skellis has done an amazing job with this episode, in my opinion. He does have to deal with the coincidences that we've talked about, but everything else in between has really truly been a a very good uh example on what to do and, and how to build off of visual cues that you've already established. Mm-hmm. You know what i mean?
0: I do jelly bean.
1: Um and uh, again I just I go back to that um I go back to that that visual motif of seeing the bodies go in th- into the water. And in then, the deep
0: tank water. Yeah. Oh gosh. And
1: then even introducing the idea of having to put the the sewing through the nose. Like it's established earlier in the episode, and then it's that a friend does that it. That a friend has to do it. And then it's and then it's it delivers at the end of the episode with Claire and in uh, Elias Pound. We noticed this with Joy Blake a couple of episodes ago, right? When she kept on building on certain things that have already been established. Luke Skelos is doing it again here and it is, uh, I don't want to say triumphant because it's, you know, it's, it's not triumphant but it is, it is excellent writing and I have to give him a lot of credit for that uh, Are you ready for the Kendra Thought of the Week? Kendra is back by Guess BT Dubs back. back again Kendra's back Tell a friend. <laughs> No, sorry, commandment number four Blake is never supposed to sing on this podcast I forgot about that. Alright, are you ready for the Kendra Thought of the Week? Sure
2: Marion Blake. Well, it's good to be back. Uh, overall, I've really enjoyed the new setting and the Patrick O'Brien feel to the episodes, which I recall loving in the book as well. Voyager is so full of stuff happening that this part of the story I honestly have a somewhat vague memory of. I know Claire met Lord John Gray at some point, but we really didn't need it. What we needed was Elias Pound. When Claire talks about surviving through compartmentalization, we realize she's lost a bit of herself in the years she's been practicing medicine. Despite everything going to hell around her, she maintains her place emotionally slightly above it all. Even watching Elias put the final stitch through his friend's nose before sending him off to his fathomless grave, Claire's typhoid immunity seems to sterilize her experience. When Elias Pound finally succumbs to the disease... She comes to understand that you can't immunize your own heart. I appreciate the attention to detail of the depiction of nautical life, but with as little time that we have left, and as much story as, as, as we have still left to tell, I don't think we've had time to really connect us to this new world, nor do we really care enough for the new characters inhabiting it. Which brings me to the film Master and Commander, The Far Side of the World. Earlier, I mentioned Patrick O'Brien. If you're unfamiliar, O'Brien was an English author who was known for his extremely detailed Aubrey Matron novels about a British Royal Navy vessel. The Peter Weir-helmed film Master and Commander managed to distill all that detail into a truly compelling Navy adventure, which managed to make uh, make us genuinely care for every member of the crew. They also incorporated a Jonah subplot, which was deeply moving. Even Elias Pound has his mirror image character in Master and Commander. All this is to say that I enjoyed the details, but because it was a bit rushed, it just made me want to watch Master and Commander. (laughs) It probably sounds like I'm dogging on this episode. I'm not. I truly was moved by Elias Pound's story. I also loved that Captain Leonard wasn't portrayed as a clear-cut villain. I did not enjoy Jamie's mutiny plan, nor the way he attempted to coerce Fergus into facilitating this death trap of a scheme. It wasn't a very Jamie thing to do. This sounds more like a Claire plan to me. My favorite character of the episode was Marsily, whose name I've been mispronouncing in my head for years, apparently. Because of the strength of her character, I fully believe and am invested in her pairing with Fergus. Overall, I'm going to give this episode a solid four, mostly because I feel I would have been far more impressed with it had I not already seen these nautical elements done so well in Master and Commander. As always, looking forward to hearing your thoughts, and I'll talk to you next week. Sayonara from Japan.
1: Welcome back, Yay, Kendra. Kendra. I'm so glad. Hashtag mom life. I get that. No problem. Um, Master and Commander. <laughs>
0: You're not a mom. No,
1: I'm not. A, I, but I understand. But, get but I get it. You get it. I, I'm married to a mom. Master and Commander, by the way, fantastic film starring Russell Crowe and Paul Bettany. You have not seen it, but we own it. I will make you watch it at one point in our lives. Uh, Make me. uh, Really? Yes, make you. Mm, I'll fall asleep. (laughs) Yes, you probably will. It's a long movie, but it's very good. I I like Russell Crowe, Paul Bettany. Fantastic. Um, So, yeah. uh, Thank you, Kendra, as always. My love, are you ready for the outlandish theory of the week? Oh, my God. Bring it on. Bring
0: it on.
1: want to let you know that this Outlandish Theory of the Week is brought to you by Celtic Eternity. Please visit CelticEternity.com and get 10% off Celtic and Scottish rings with the coupon code OutlandaCast, all one word. Like we say every episode, you, you got you got your knit your porn, you getting rings, you getting all of it all, at once, 10% off. Just mention OutlandaCast and tell them that Marion Blake sent you. Done. You, you, <laughs> holiday shopping. Done. I mean, everybody wants to look good, right? Everybody wants to have it's gonna be cold, especially in New England. You gotta have your knit pawn. You have to have the knit pawn. And you might as well look good with your rings while you're at it too. Just just saying. Uh, okay, my outlandish theory of the week. So last week I had one that was in take development. Okay. It was we we I was building on it. I wasn't okay. I wasn't ready for this. However, seeing what happened this week, I guarantee you. It is a guaranteed goddamn tea that there's a, a major storm coming now, major storm. And that one of two things are going to happen. Since we have our title couple now separated, we have to get them back together again. Yes, we do. And we have to get them back together again within three episodes.
0: Hurry up, guys. And
1: we have to get the story moving to move on to young Ian. And, of course, we have to get- (laughs) Move on to who? Uh, Sorry, we, Ian. Sorry, commandment number three. Um, No,
0: I actually was joking because I'm like, does anyone care about him anymore?
1: Exactly. (laughs) Right? So we got to get moving on to him. So, uh, where's and-
0: Jenny? I think Jenny Murray already found him.
1: I know. <laughs> so we get, we got to get, we got to get going on to him because again, that three is the whole reason why we're on here. We're whole, the whole reason why we're on these boats is because of we Ian, right? Great. And we got to move. And, and my other outlandish theory of the week is that we got to move on to Galus. Galus is going to, is going to play into this and I'm guaranteeing that she does. But in order to get our characters back together again, Claire is going to be on this island. And we also know that Jamie is following behind her on the Artemis, so there is going to be a big storm coming, and this the storm is what gets them back together There's again. A storm Bruin. and either the Artemis will either have to dock where Claire is because they they're going to need to make landfall to avoid the um to to avoid the storm, or my pick probably is that the storm will break the ship apart, which makes sense. Seeing that Jamie cannot be arrested in Jamaica, because if he's arrested, then that's way too much story to get involved in. And it, it's just there's just not enough real estate to get into this. Okay. So we got to prevent Jamie from getting arrested. So how do we do that? We break the ship up on the sea. We break it up so that Jamie can get off of his ship without meeting everybody in Jamaica and getting arrested in Jamaica and reuniting him with Claire and that is what's going to happen. The ship, the Artemis, will be wrecked, hmm. and he will reunite with Claire on this island that she is that she is apparently swimming to.
0: Well, my love, I will just give you an interesting for that one. Wow, an interest like that's like, not even like, like a good an interesting. interesting. Yeah, I'm gonna give you an interesting.
1: Oh my God, I'm I'm that off. Oh, God. Charlie, what do you got for me? Mock me.
0: Please hang up and try again.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, Marvin, final thoughts. What do you got?
0: Love, love, love. Just keep this going. Why are there not 50 more episodes this season? I know. It's so sad to think that we only have three more left. I don't understand. I do not understand. As a book reader, I do not understand. Mic drop. Okay, let's go. Oh, for, for, um, hold on, I got final thoughts Oh, you here have too. final thoughts?
1: One thing I forgot- You have so to... many
0: thoughts. You have outlandish thoughts, you have
1: final thoughts. I well, was- I gotta have a final thought. Um, one thing I forgot to mention, and I, I really do appreciate, was we finally get our brief picture moment. Oh, yeah. We finally get it, and it makes perfect sense when they did it, and now I can forgive them for not doing it in earlier episodes. Right. Why? Because Jamie is in the brig. He is there, totally alone, sick, helpless Claire is off he has nothing to connect him to Claire except these beautiful pictures that he has of Claire and Brie and he's looking at them and when he is finally brought back to life is when his his foster son Mm -hmm. Fergus and Marsley Margus (laughs) when Margus saves him and says and 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 then and then even even Marsley when, when you're talking about building on things, yeah. she recognizes in Fergus that she is, that he is like, um, that he is like Jamie and that he'll never go back on his word. Cause we have the whole sex scene and he doesn't want to have sex with her because mm-hmm. he gave his word, yada, yada. And she applies that to Jamie. And then that logic makes sense why Jamie would give his word and not go back on against it. Which why, which is why Margus saves him. Margus. And why it makes sense that he has these pictures. Because he's totally alone and his children are what saves him.
0: I love
1: it. Oh, my goodness. Just, again, Luke Skelos. Great writing. It really is great writing. I really, uh, really loved it. All right, my darling, are you ready to close out our uh, Marconi award-winning show? I am. Okay, let's do it.
0: We want to remind you that we are online at OutlanderCast.com. And it's not just this podcast. It actually is an amazing, dynamic, full-fledged, worldwide blog and team and events and so much more. So listen, head on over to OutlanderCast.com. Sign up for our newsletter. You're going to get the freshest, most amazing content sent straight to your inbox. You'll get to learn about our giveaways, our minute-by-minute recaps, the blogs that just take you behind the scenes and take you into so much more about this Outlander that you love. We invite you to join our Facebook community. It's the Outlander Cast Clan Gathering. You can search for that on Facebook. You can find us at OutlanderCast on Facebook, on Instagram, and on Twitter. We're in all three places. We would love to chat with you.
1: I've got um, a professional tease for you again. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Go to OutlanderCast.com okay. and read my latest article. <laughs> Tell us. An outlandish theory for all outlandish theories. Caused a bit of a stir. A little bit. A little bit. It's even reached the the high offices uh-huh. of, of uh, stars and uh, people that are there. Um, it's an outlandish theory. Uh, that maybe, perhaps, Ron Moore will be stepping down after season mm-hmm. four. After season four.
0: It's just an outlandish theory, it's, guys. It's just a theory. There is no substance necessarily behind it. Nobody well, has no, said no, anything. Well, 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 nobody it, said anything. It's not like there's no half official
1: announcement, it, no nothing. It's just things this that is I've just seen. Like outlandish theory. It's things that I've seen, and you know me with my theories. We it, know your interesting theories for sure. Um and things that I've seen and read. It just it doesn't pass the smell test for me. So I thought about this and I, I, he would
0: like you to read I it. I would love you to read and it. And let him know your thoughts in the comments on that blog post. So And another thing, you.
1: too, uh, as most of you know, we are having a finale event for the finale, December 10th of Season 3. It is sold out. However, if you have not gotten tickets, and we do want you to try, at mm-hmm. least, there is a wait list. And with my experience with all of these events there are people that do back out last minute because of last minute changes to their schedule or, or whatever. So do go to the Eventbrite bright page or go to allandacast.com where you will see the invite uh, for the tickets. And uh, join the wait list because you never know, you, you probably, you actually may, in fact, get into the event. And uh, there are some people there already, but uh, I look forward to the event. And if you cannot watch the event or you're not going to be there live... We are doing a live podcast after the finale and you will be able to watch us among the other live audience members uh, on Facebook Live. So at least join us for that, which I'm looking very much forward to.
0: Me too. And I want to give a big thanks to some of our top patrons. This is a great way to support the show. And as Blake mentioned, um, you know, this is this is how we keep going. This is how we pay for our fees. This is how we pay for our website, our equipment. This is what keeps us going and pays for our babysitter on nights like tonight. It really, really helps support Outlander Cast. So if you want to support Outlander Cast for as little as two dollars a month, that's cheaper than a cup of coffee. You can become a patron. You get the episodes early. There's plenty of other perks, um, and we you also get access to Blake's chapter by chapter analysis of the first book Outlander, which is going to be reading more of. So I want to give a big thanks to some of our highest contributors, Peg, Ann and Bobby, Tracy, Carolyn, Lisa, Meredith, Amy, Christina, Sue, Keelan, Meredith, Liz, Dana, and Nikki, Michelle, Tara, Jennifer, Lauren, Heather, and Marilyn. Thank you guys so, so very, very much. And um thanks. I'm gonna be sending a bunch of you Christmas cards because that's one of the levels.
1: <laughs> and another one of the levels is that you get a 10% discount off of any hashtag Minute with Mary product. That's true. So
0: learn about makeup tips and all sorts of wonderful things. You can find out more by searching the hashtag Minute with Mary in Facebook. I want you to join my VIP makeup group. There, I do all sorts of sales and deals and tips and tricks and wonderful things. And yes, as a patron. Of the $10 level or up, you get 10% off. So, thank you guys so much for tuning in. My name is Mary Larson.
1: <laughs> My name's
0: Blake. And you've been listening to Outlander Cast.